So, you know, we always talk about whenever we get asked this question, you know, we say, we say how we love Melissa in the sense that Melissa was somebody that we all knew for years prior. So, you know, it was hard having her leave, but once Leah came, I mean, it was amazing. It was a whole new vibe. And, you know, we're, we're trying to win a championship here, and we know Leah's going to get us there. And we knew how great of a coach she was, how great of a person, how she is. And we knew when she came here that, like, we're going to give her everything we have, and we're going to, you know, take this thing to a new level. I had a chance to talk to Tariq Cohen. He said that the entire city of Chicago right now believes that there is something more that this team needs to do still. The hunger is certainly there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Andy Reid's been a guy who obviously is well-respected, who's had a long, successful career up until this point, and that the one thing he was missing before Sunday was that Super Bowl win. So now he's got it. Shocking. I wouldn't say drafting Io DeSumo takes the Bulls to the next level by any means, but just the fact that he ended up in their lap in the second round I think was a huge blessing for this franchise and that he's got the chance to develop and be a really important key role player for this team in the future. Uh, wife and kiddo, uh, my oldest is seven and another one's five. And so they're getting to be where they can, you know, kind of put their input or, you know, they, of what city they like. And my wife to be comfortable too was where we're going because she's part of this journey as well. And, I am a free agent, and I haven't decided yet this uh, for this upcoming season. And, you know, it's a little bit being in the off season, it's a little bit nerve wracking, getting prepared and not having a team. But but it is what it is. You know, I'll just uh, keep enjoying the ride as long as somebody wants me. I'll I'll definitely be playing somewhere. Hey, this is Nate Jones, Major League Baseball player. Hey everyone, it's Luke Stockmeyer. This is Neil Doyle. Hey, what's going on? This is Mark Grody, the official Chicago Bears sideline reporter from 670 to score and ISU Redbird alum. Hey everybody, it's Marcus Grant. Hey, this is Alex Dolaner. Hey Redbirds, it's Leah Johnson. This is Mark Shanowski. Now time. Now time. It's now time. It's now time for the fifth quarter sports talk. It's Will's fifth quarter special. And here's your host, Will Farlow. Welcome to the 67th episode of a sports podcast that captures everything you want to know as the buzzer sounds at the end of any sports game. It's Will Farlow here with you on July 31st, 2022, welcoming listeners to the 67th episode of Will's fifth quarter special. Will's fifth quarter special fans, great to be back here with you on this beautiful Sunday afternoon and we're talking major league baseball's trade deadline coming up very very soon and it's very rare that in many many years in baseball's history the trade deadline has been from what i remember on july 31st which is today but it is on tuesday august 2nd at 6 p.m eastern time so 5 p.m central time is when teams can will no longer be able to make trades this season until the offseason follows after the World Series, of course. And the Chicago White Sox are really in a position, myself and a lot of White Sox fans did not expect for 2022, this talented organization. A lot of the injuries, you know, have affected this team. Really rough first half, too much complacency, bad job by the general manager in the offseason, um, not getting certain things that they needed done correctly. That could be easily said and done in terms of what happened in the offseason. Sometimes you never know what's going to happen in baseball. As I always say, expecting unexpected. But we're going to get into that with our interview portion, trade down Deadline's coming up in a few days, as I mentioned, so let's hope they can get some really good pieces without giving up too much prospects and get this team on 
a better track. Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia is the usual opening segment of the show. It will be not taking place on this episode. It is undergoing some renovations, and it will be returning in the near future. So continue to check out our webpage for Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia. Just write at willsfifthquarterspecial.com. Just search the webpage, Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia. Check it out on our YouTube channel as well. Just search Will's Fifth Quarter Special and on our social media for future Will's Fifth Quarter Trivia questions. Now to our interview portion. It's somebody that's been on the show before. Now it's time for the interview portion of the show, Will's The Core Special Fans, and it's somebody that gives a really unique perspective, somebody I've known for a long time that really knows White Sox baseball well. I've actually met him when uh, I started in college radio, and you know we started talking about the White Sox. So Isaac Missile's returning to Will's The Core Special to guest appear on this episode. Really a pleasure to have him come back on the show as well here for episode 67. We're going to talk about what's going on with the Chicago White Sox, how they've really disappointed a lot of fans this year. You know, We're going to talk about just the clubhouse, maybe... They need some different player presence to kind of motivate these players that are so talented, but just really disappointing, a fan base that deserves more better played baseball from their organization, you know, and a coaching staff that's really underperformed, you know, the hitting coach, obviously, and Frank Medichino, Joe McEwing, and some other things. So just a lot of players, you know, they have needs in right field, second base, bullpen, starting pitching. So we're going to talk about that with Isaac, where uh, the White Sox might go in the deadline. There are some rumors out there, but as we know, the White Sox really keep things quiet in the media. With Rick Hahn, he doesn't really let things out and leak in Twitter and everything like most teams. So White Sox fans are still waiting. So we're going to try and speculate what they could do, and we're going to predict what we expect to happen at the trade deadline with the White Sox. So here's my interview with Isaac Missile. Isaac Missile back on Will's fifth quarter special here on episode 67. Isaac, pleasure to have you back, buddy. I mean, a lot of fans don't know you and I, when we met back in college and Steve Ray over at w, good old WZUD, we, uh, we met as White Sox fans. Little, little do they know. So uh, really good to have you back on, man. How have things been going for you lately? Well, well, it's a pleasure to be back on, and uh, you know things have been good. You know, uh, in terms of you know, not everything's great. You obviously, got to watch some frustrating baseball so far this year. But you know, outside of that, things are you know moving as they do, life going as it does. I'm excited to get back into the broadcast booth for WCMY this fall too. So excited for all that, and hopefully the White Sox. I've heard because uh, hate to give the time away in the middle of the game. Len Casper just recently said that it's. Started the 62 game season, so you know last time the Sox had a 60 game season that went pretty well. They'd like to do that again here. Yeah, I like that good old Len. Thank goodness we got him away from Wrigley and those great Cubs there. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, I will say with a lot of White Sox fans out there, the Wills, of course, special fans that are pro White Sox, we expected so much. I mean, we hear our team project our team projected for a World Series. You know, it gets your hopes up. You know, you're like that kid on Christmas saying, hey, hey, I want this, I want this too. But Rick Hahn, let's start with this here. You know, we come out of the lockout, and, you know, we didn't expect what was going to happen at the lockout after, you know, it happened. Just some, the movement of players, per se. You know, the remaining free agents, trades, and the White Sox had big needs. Second base, right field, bullpen we didn't think was at the time, but now it definitely is. So do you see what Rick Hahn did coming into the season, the way they've played, um, as a failure that's kind of caused the rough play this year, or do you think it's something else that has caused the White Sox to be the in the difficult place they're in right now? You know, I think there's a lot of factors that go into what has gotten the Sox here, and you mentioned the bullpen still being a need. That's got to be one of the more frustrating ones. I think ultimately when you bring it back down to everything as much as you 
like to put uh, pressure on Tony La Russa with some in-game management things. At the end of the day, you have a well-constructed baseball team that can take care of that. Last year, it was a pretty well-constructed baseball team. Was able to take care of a lot of the issues that you know even some fans have carried over into this year with the way Tony manages the ball game. 93 wins though for the Chicago White Sox is a lot of wins, and yes, I think the expectation of being able to build on a 93 win season and so far up to this point looking like it's it'd be a, it'd be almost a miracle at this point if they got to 93 wins. There's a lot of things that go into it, but I think that bullpen, like you said, has got to be one of the more frustrating aspects of it all. You put you give pretty much all your money in the offseason to that bullpen, then you add the arms that you do, you really got to fully expect that you're not going to need to move at the deadline for bullpen pieces, and at least not for big-name bullpen pieces or eighth or seventh inning guys. Your ninth inning is still locked up. I think you can still be confident with what you got out of Liam Hendricks. He has an all-star this year. And, you know, you have patches when you do, especially when you're a closer. But I have confidence that if you get into the playoffs and you're in a spot where you can go win a World Series, Liam Hendricks isn't going to be your problem. The problem is, is, Joe Kelly doesn't seem to have it doesn't seem to be living up to the contract that he got. You know, things happen with bullpen arms and if the Dodgers are a smart organization if they were comfortable with letting him walk, that might have been the sign that that might have been what was going to go on. And Kendall Graveman I think is in the same boat as Liam Hendricks. He's had a lot of stretches this season where he's very dominant, but there are individual times where you're left there rolling your eyes. The last game I think he played, I can't remember, but he walked three uh first three batters. Colorado Rockies, yeah. Three batters. Yes, that, exactly. That was a very frustrating game. So, you know, but those things happen. That's what happens with relievers. I think I had said that to you earlier in a text this year. When your relievers let you down, you can't get too upset because if you add it all up, most of the time they get you out when they need to. But when you're looking at this bullpen and Aaron Bummer going down and Crochet not being here, yes, I guess it leads to the idea you might need to add a lefty, but you could even potentially add a right-handed arm, maybe even you know just throwing the name out, David Robertson. If they made that deal, that wouldn't surprise you. They could fit him into the bullpen, and that's where it's frustrating. You would have thought, oh, yeah, good for David Robertson having a good season. Sox don't need another right-handed reliever, and unfortunately they're sitting here probably needing both a lefty and a right-handed reliever. That's that After the offseason you had spending the money, that that's going to be one of those spots that's going to irk a lot of who oh, part of me a lot of fans yeah i mean i have to mention one name and you know i've been at the ballpark a few times this year seeing that baltimore game a while back you remember white Sox were back and forth a little bit pitcher by the name of jose ruiz really irks me as a white Sox fan you know and just as a baseball fan just somebody that you see him going to mind like you're saying any reliever could have a good or bad run but it seems like when they bring this guy in, you can't depend on him. That, to me, was most important right now for the White Sox to find in any bullpen ads they might make. Yeah, we didn't know what Joe Kelly was going to be, but you signed him as an injured player. How many? He hasn't been able to play in many games for this team, and he's making a pretty good chunk of money they could have used in another spot at second base um, instead of just Florida Harrison. But that's neither here nor there. We could have what if as much as we want here as you know, baseball fans of the White Sox, but I do think and completely agree with you about the bullpen. I, I like Kendall and Liam. I do think Bummer will come back in time, you know, for this regular season remaining in the playoffs. We hope he recovers well, of course, because when he's on it, he's on it. Sometimes he isn't, but when he is, he's on, you know, track. He's very deadly. Um, I do really like Matt Foster a lot, though. I think talking about the bullpen, trying to find another positive in those middle relievers. I really think Ronaldo Lopez has finally found a role with this ball club where he started before and struggled. He, he's found a really good role in uh, the White Sox bullpen, I think, moving forward. He's still a really young pitcher, so that's a, like you were mentioning, a righty they have in-house that's good. 
a few names, though, as we're talking about the trade deadline here. Um, I'm going to let you start here. Are there any players you've heard rumored to possibly be traded to White Sox? I mean, I know Rick Kahn has said bullpen's a big key, but I'm sure you can agree. Seeing Gavin Sheets on an everyday basis with his streaky, like, bad fly out on that bat, bad fielding bat in right field, I think a lot of White Sox fans are getting tired of uh, that in right field and seeing a Larry Garcia half the time in second base. Well, if you can find a team that sees the potential in Gavin Sheets, he's a really interesting guy to get rid of, especially if that team perhaps could be, you know, the Washington Nationals or any really team that has a Chicago Cubs, you know, any team that has an outfielder like Ian Happ that, you know, you can can sell that team on a left-handed power bat, pretty young, you know, if he can figure a swing out, if he can figure things out as he ages, that's going to be very valuable. Uh, but, you know, I, in terms of names that I've specifically heard, no, it seems that that's we briefly touched on. It feels like they've done a good job, and they always normally do do a good job of keeping quiet on what they're going to be doing on the trade front frequently. If anything gets uh, leaked, it seems like it doesn't actually go through anymore, and that's that's something that I know Rick Hahn has actually said in interviews that, you know, trades have been tanked because of, things being said at certain points by certain media members. And so I think the White Sox do a great job. You're not going to really know what's going to be coming up. I don't expect anything huge. They don't really, they rarely do anything huge. This is a weird type of season to do something huge. It'd be a big off season to do something huge. But at this point, you're kind of looking at what the Braves did last year. We had a few guys to your outfield, try to make it a little bit more athletic defensively. You know, maybe those sticks can come through in big spots like a Rosario did for the Braves and such. But ultimately I don't know. You know, my big dream is you can maybe flip a package and you can move on to a guy like Wilson Contreras. And, you know, if he's going to be a free agent, you just did it with the Asmani. You got to be able to do it again because Yaz has frankly kind of had a big fall off this season. And he's definitely not going to get back to what he was in that 60 game season or even in 2021. So you got to really looking forward to the catcher position in the future. I kind of like the idea of Sebi Zavala. He's, you know, kind of gets better every time he comes up, but obviously it's not going to be much more than a backup piece. But, you know, that could be a nice backup piece. It's all really interesting as you look at it. I could see if they do something huge, it won't be like a Juan Soto move, but maybe a package move for some pieces on uh, the Cubs or an, another team that has a few pieces that they can move together, like uh, I, whatever it may be. Oakland's obviously out here shopping uh, their catcher, Sean Murphy, too. And, you know, that's a position that doesn't really get talked about. What for the I, One of those reasons that I think the White Sox have fallen off so stiffly this year is because they've been getting great catcher production the last two seasons, and this year it's just completely fallen off the table. And it's always been an issue with depth, but that's the issue when you have no depth and you have a 32-plus-year-old catcher in Yasmani Grandal that if he's, you know, going to fall off, and he still has his eye, he can still walk, I think, at a decent clip, but clearly that power bat's just not there or it, or it doesn't seem it's going to be there. And it's a big risk if you're going to be going into next year. It seems to be one of the big things that fell out this year. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if the White Sox were eyeing something big like that just because you can get a guy that's going to be on the free agent market anyway. You know the idea of what kind of contract he's going to want. Probably not going to dictate too much. He's already close to 30. And, you know, he's had a, he has a lot of catching in his legs already, but if this is where you're at in your window and you don't really have a good catching prospect like the White Sox don't, you kind of have to kind of do this with that position. It'd be interesting to see if they attack it that way. Ultimately, though, I think they need to get more athletic in the outfield. You can't really see Gavin Sheets as often as you do in the outfield. He doesn't really get to enough five balls, and neither does Andrew Vaughn either. But So being able to make your outfield more athletic, however that is going to be included, is going to be interesting. I think if you also look at it, Eloy Jimenez is one of those guys that as we get along, yes, he's got streaky spots here and there and he looks really good but 
if he's not going to be able to DH, that's really a concern going forward. And if he's on a reasonable contract that you can flip and make a good trade out of too, it'd be interesting. And ultimately, I think that's why the White Sox have been so quiet. Whether that big move that is moving one of those big names is going to be this offseason or this trade deadline, you, no one's going to probably hear about it until it happens. Yeah, and as we saw Kimbrel last year, I definitely saw that as a shocker. Uh, sadly, Nick Manzo was not doing good, but that did kind of create the hole the White Sox had at second base. Really like what you're saying about catcher, and I'm going to add something to that. I am curious about catcher, but hypothetically, you can almost do a platoon um, with Reese and Seve. I think Reese McGuire has been – I mean, we are saying Rick Hahn did pretty much fail what they did in the offseason from what we've seen. Uh, the only two positives I would take from that is they got rid of Kimbrell, uh, but then bringing in a guy like Kendall Graven, who we talked highly about, but also um, who I think – in the trade deadline kind of doesn't make me look at catcher much is Reese McGuire. You know, someone that doesn't really have notoriety for a bat, but he's bad pretty well for the White Sox. He's a left-handed bat they lack in their lineup. I like his defense. I just like his play a lot. You know, it's like what we've seen from White Sox catchers historically, the good ones. And I think Reese McGuire is a definite good one. In terms of bullpen, Isaac, I have to say, and Wilson, of course, special fans might be shocked by this, but we did see a divisional trade last year with Cleveland for second base, a small trade, but still, I do see the White Sox being smart to go through, uh, you know, like Kansas City. There's a name we're not hearing much about in terms of right relievers that's pretty good. A guy they faced in uh, Scott Barlow, I think, is a really interesting name. You know, a rebuilding team in Kansas City, you know, you wouldn't have to give up much for a guy in Barlow, but I think he would really add reliability because when we've seen those White Sox games against Kansas City, I really think he gets the job done on the mound in uh, game situations, and that's really what the White Sox need um, in their bullpen. In terms of lefties, Jose Quintana is a name. I think he can almost be what we've had with a Vince Velasquez-type scenario in terms of a starter when you need one, like how we've seen them use Davis Martin when he's come up uh, back to the major leagues in certain situations. But you could also throw a Jose Quintana in the bullpen. Um, You know, trade from as a starter coming to the team, but then say, hey, we like what you're doing, but we think we would be able to make better use of you in game scenarios in the bullpen. Uh, in terms of hitting, I definitely agree with you about Ian Happ. I've been saying Ian Happ for the White Sox since last offseason. I think he's a really good bat. I like what he uh, brings to the table. Um, I, I, they definitely need a lefty bat. Uh, to be honest, as much as Will Secord special fans want me to say Juan Soto to the White Sox, as much as you and I would like to say that, I see him going to the Padres. The Padres are known to overpay, and Juan Soto has also mentioned he will not sign an extension with the team he's traded to, so I think the Sox are smart to stay out of those talks. Uh, but just kind of looking at some of the other names, uh, I know Chuck Garfine mentioned this one. Ben Gamble's an interesting name. Um, it's kind of hard to find a good lefty bat, but in terms of second base, there's a few that I've really caught my eye. Ketel Marte is going to cost a little too much to my liking. But, and I hate to say, I think Gavin Lux, you know, the, the Dodgers, he's going to cost a lot. But I think Ian Happ would be the guy. Because a lot of people know Ian Happ is an outfielder, but you and I both know as well, as a lot of some fans do, Ian Happ can play second base. So I think that would solve your second base situation right now. Gives uh, Josh Harrison a better utility role so you're not stuck seeing Larry Garcia woof it on certain plays. Um, you can platoon him and Harrison as utility guys going in the playoffs. I mean, what do you think about Jose Quintana, though, 
unexpectedly we're hearing that he might come back to the White Sox, a team that traded him to the Cubs. I mean, when you heard that, do you see that as a possible reunion here at the trade deadline? That's what I like, and I think it's one that makes the most sense um, in terms of, I think, can't be that expensive. The Pirates had to have just signed him this offseason. He's not going to be on, under contract for next year. He's playing at a playing at a good clip, obviously, in a pretty important position. I think what's going to be interesting to see, though, is if the Pirates are able to, you know, use any leverage and get themselves, a, you know, maximize their ability. It's one of those things that a lot of teams are going to be doing right now. And then funny enough, the White Sox were to look at it the other way and think maybe you know you're going to make a big move this offseason. You flip a couple of the pieces that you do have that are performing well that aren't core guys. You know, you're Johnny Cueto's and maybe some other guys in the bullpen if you were to try to, you know, add to your farm system. The Chicago White Sox don't necessarily have the best farm system. And if you can add to it this trade deadline, and that makes this offseason and next trade deadline a really good go at a team that can win a World Series, that's got to be something you got to keep open-minded to. And, I, you know, maybe that's why you're not hearing a lot about the White Sox, because they were so dedicated to getting guys like Frankie Montas or being involved in those talks early on in the uh, offseason. But then once the season started, it seems like everything around that's kind of died, and you haven't heard anything since. And it's interesting that you don't continue to hear that, because if they were still in that same mode, it seems like a guy they'd be going after as well. But Quintana going to be costing a lot more cost-effective than Montas, probably why you're not going to see Montas go for either too much or even maybe at all this trade deadline. It, you know, the A's are shopping him, but at this point, they're going to be younger guys. They're, young, they're going to be older pitchers that are having better seasons that you can probably get for less than what it's going to cost you to get Montas. But we'll obviously have to see. There's always guys that don't move at the deadline that surprise people. But uh, in, in terms of Quintana, that'd be a smart guy to get. And I think that ultimately, when you look at this trade, ted, this trade deadline, it's you know, I, you, you got to hope that the White Sox obviously buy and try to add to this team and don't just sell on this season. But at the same time, they're playing really – if they were in the ALEs, they'd be in the Red Sox position, and the Red Sox are out here selling everything because they don't really have the ability to do anything right now because they're 30-plus games out of first place and not really that close in the wild card. And obviously the White Sox are still only about three and a half games back, and they're a few games better than the Red Sox at this point. But the issue being is – in it's league that's got a lot of talent, it's going to be interesting to see what the playoffs can lead to, and hopefully you hope that the team can hit and click at some point. But frankly, we're pretty deep into the season. The deadline's even pushed past where it normally is. And yeah, It's just concerning. I think ultimately it's it's tough because you can really make a case for looking towards the future and maybe flipping a Johnny Cueto in the same sense that the Pirates are going to flip Quintana. But if you're going to be smart about it, you should probably add and try to get to this playoff push because if you're only three games back of your division, you got to look at that as an opportunity to be competitive. All right. Really appreciate your time here, Isaac. While we're finishing up here, one real quick hot take trade that you see happening that puts the White Sox back where they need to be. Real quick, one trade, and then I'll give you my view. Go ahead and give one quick trade that will put the White Sox back where fans want them to be. Well, if it's got to be a hot take and likely not to happen, or at least a big one that I think makes the team look a lot different, I think it is an Ian Hab Wilson Contreras trade. And now there's probably a lot of people who are like, well, where do the White Sox have the capital to make that deal? And guys like Colas and Montgomery, I think, would easily have to be involved if you potentially threw a name like Vaughn in there. It'd be get done pretty easily. I don't think the White Sox would ever throw Vaughn in a trade, though. Um, I but, you know, if you're looking at it, something that's going to really change the team and where it's looking at, and if you're going to be aggressive and try to turn this team into a World Series contender, then maybe you should be looking at a package deal with the Cubs. And you get those two pieces and you're 
on your lineup and you can kind of move around with and it likely gets rid of Gavin Sheets you would think maybe he gets thrown into a package deal of some sort in that trade younger first baseman type Cubs really don't have a first baseman for the future and Gavin Sheets not necessarily a guy that's guaranteed to be a guy for the future but I think if he had a clear opportunity at first base he might play a lot differently than he is now uh, but you know you could see that maybe throwing a guy like Colas or Montgomery in there maybe can secure that trade getting done and it would definitely change the way the lineup looks. You had a lefty or a switch hitter bat and Ian Happ, and it kind of works the same way as a lefty would. You had a good catcher in Contreras, and probably one of the teams that has one of the lower offense productions from that position in baseball is going to get one of the highest offense productions in baseball from that position. And those are the types of moves that can really switch you from a piddling 500 team, that a team that can go on an 800 winning percentage stretch over the course of two months and secure yourself a playoff position with even a home field advantage and, uh, playoff series in the wild card, and so that would that would be the trade that if if I, if you know if it's a video game and I'm doing it, I think I'm probably getting aggressive with the White Sox. I don't think you're going to be able to make a lot of moves with your depth pieces down low. Even a Quintana trade, you're probably going to have to sell a little bit too high because you don't really have the lower end arms or even like the triple A starters that are going to be able to make that a quick, easy flip. Some other teams are going to have better things like that. So for the White Sox, I think if you're buying at this deadline, you got to go pretty aggressively and you got to trade what you're probably from your higher-end type of prospects. Yeah, I like that one. I'm going to finish real quick here with one uh, that it's not video game, but I think it's smart and unexpected, like we saw Rick Hahn go unexpected getting a closer for a setup role in Kimbrell last year. And it's going to be a trade with the Royals, actually. We've seen the Sox trade with the Royals, but nothing big or major. I see the White Sox trading for Whit Merrifield, a combination of him and Scott Barlow. And, you know, we've always heard Whit Merrifield might get traded, and I, as a Sox fan, cannot stand Whit Merrifield facing them because of what he's done against the White Sox. But he would be the defensive help they need at second base, a pretty good contact bat, which they lack consistently at second base right now in terms of uh, non-complacency. Um, someone with experience playing in good situ- big situations in postseason a little bit, um, you know, in in game situations. And then you get a guy in Barlow. It's, like I said, very reliable. I think it's a reliever that I like um, seeing teams that the White Sox have faced in terms of uh, consistent relievers that the White Sox could use. Uh, Isaac Missile, pleasure having you back on. Uh, as I mentioned, the Will Score Special, thanks for helping us out and talking White Sox action here as the deadline comes. Uh, you're a friend of the show, man, and uh, really appreciate your time. And uh, we definitely hope to have you on again soon. Hopefully, if we're lucky, uh, White Sox getting into the playoffs towards the end of this year. I truly hope so, Will, and it's always a pleasure to be on. Thank you. Host Will Farrell here, Willis with Core Special Fans, back here on Episode 67. Really great interview we had there bringing on Isaac Missile to the show. Really appreciate his time to come back and join us for more fun uh, sports talk. Trade deadline is real exciting, and, you know, we can always speculate and predict. A lot of experts do that as well, like we are right now, but you never know what's going to happen on the trade deadline. You know, the White Sox need consistency. You know, this team, you know, you're paying a catcher in Grandal who's doing what? Not much. Very disappointing. You know, and a lot of these players, even your veterans that you're depending on, are just not getting the job done. And they need a shakeup. You know, that's what Isaac and I were talking about is, you know, trading for these bullpen arms are really going to help. But the cost is usually what can change that sometimes. Sometimes people say things but don't actually do it. You know, like they'll just talk the talk but not walk the walk. And Rick Khan is, he built this team all through rebuild. Maybe not some moves we liked, but, you know, no GM's perfect. My point being, the White Sox do have potential to still win win this thing this year they really just need to get some smart moves not the big Juan Soto moves where you're giving up your farm for two years of team control for a money crazed player that's just going to leave you in two years you don't want to do that but I mean like 
smart moves. You know, there are only a few games out, so just make smart moves in the bullpen. Even if you make a minor league signing or a minor league trade after you make the major ones, find some smart moves for your ball club. Get some more lefties in that bullpen to join Aaron Bummer when he returns from health. You know, get some more reliable righties instead of a Jose Ruiz and, uh, you know, bringing up Tanner Banks as a lefty from the minors. Don't do that. Now, Davis Martin's great as a you know, starting option still. So that kind of helps them looking at stars. But the White Sox got to get it going. You know, clock's ticking at the trade deadline. They missed on David Peralta. Rick Khan, we don't know what you're doing here, man, but you need to get your act together and make some moves for this team. Clock's ticking early in contention window. It's playtime's over. So get the job done or, uh, you know, we won't be able to win this year. Now, Will's Fifth Quarter Special Fans, it's the favorite ending and signature segment of the show. It's Will's Sports Movie Moment. We all have our favorite moments, not just in the sports we watch, but in our own favorite sports movies. This segment gives myself, my guest co-hosts, and our listeners at home a chance to pick their favorite moment from their favorite sports movie and compare it to modern-day sports. Listeners can hop onto the podcast Facebook profile and Twitter page, both at William B. Farrell, and Snapchat us at WillFarrell44 for a chance to have it read on future Will's Fifth Quarter Special episodes. So mine is going to be really relevant to the White Sox. As we mentioned in the interview, they're currently in play with the Oakland Athletics right now, uh, winning 3-1, to one, so finally taking down Oakland. But anyways, it's an Oakland A's White Sox-related type movie mode comparison. It's Moneyball. It, it, you know, it features a true story of you know the Oakland Athletics in 2002, uh, the Miracle 20-game uh, win streak record they reached in uh, 2002, uh, bringing an American League record in the league at the time, and... Just what Billy Bean, you know, played by Brad Pitt, did, and it's during the trade deadline. There's a pitcher he really wanted in Ricardo Rincon. You know, his friend Mark Pryor, who was the GM at the time over in Cleveland, didn't said, "Hey, you can't afford it. You're a small market team. Uh, we're not going to give him up." Cleveland wasn't doing well at the time in the movie, so he's like, "Okay, we're going to go get Rincon." So he finds Peter Brandt. They play some real smart baseball uh, tricks. You know, they're trying to trade a reliever in Venifer to a player, a team or two. To get the scent off San Francisco, their competition for Rincon, uh, from Cle- you know, to get Rincon from Cleveland. And the scene goes, you know, Billy plays a little bit of roulette there a little bit, uh, plays a little master of, you know, mystery there, and he's able to uh, get the money for uh, Rincon Rincon. He, you know, calls his boss and they say, hey, I want $225,000 for Rincon Rincon. And Peter Brandt says, uh, you know, on Billy's behalf, you know, what Billy tells him to say. If I pay for Rincon right now, I'm gonna sell him for twice the money um, in the end of the season. So he's like really tempting his owner. He's like, "Hey, we have a chance to win here. Let's do this." So they go and get Rincon, and it really compares to the Chicago White Sox right now. Not just because they're playing Oakland, but it does kind of relate to that a little bit. So that, you gotta give me credit, Will. Of course, special fans. I think that's a really uh, good time comparison here for this movie moment. And the White Sox need bullpen arms. You know, like I mentioned. And Isaac mentioned our uh, guest appearance today on episode 67. They need to be smart with their moves. You know, they don't want to trade too much of the farm in the future here. Rick Hahn's smart and doesn't do that like most big contender teams do. You know, Kimura's your future by doing that. So you got to really operate in the middle of that. You know, keep the major league club you have, but add to it in the right smart moves. And Oakland did that at that time. You know, they made some trades that no one expected that year, even before the deadline. You know, trading a rookie sensation and, you know, some other places to shake it up. And that's what the White Sox need to do right now. The offense isn't getting it going. They lack a lot of left-handed bats. Beside, you know, even with some switch hitters that just aren't getting the job done. And Yohan Moncada and um, Yasmani Grandal as well. So those are switch hitters you can use on the left side, but aren't just getting it done. Gavin Sheets too streaky. So 
the White Sox, you know, are trying to get it together. We hope they are. You know, we'll score special fans into White Sox fans. We don't know what's going to happen. We are praying and nervous, courtesy of Rick Hahn and uh, the lack of his effectiveness that we saw this past offseason, into the season, not really getting the job done. And we hope that changes. So I think that really compares to, you know, this movie scene from Moneyball. You know, the trade deadline is very unexpected. We don't know what's going to happen. We just have to wait and see and, you know, sit on the edge of our seat as it unfolds until that, you know, trade deadline clock hits and the deadline passes through on Tuesday at 5 p.m. So if you haven't seen Moneyball, I think this is a really good uh, movie scene from this movie and uh, compares to the Chicago White Sox right now. A team that is winning but not enough and just really needs to get the job done because clock's ticking right now on the deadline and their chances to improve um, their World Series or bust plans in the preseason. Let's get let's get it going, uh, White Sox front office and Jerry Reiser. Uh, don't be cheap. Just get it going here and start getting it done. That is all the time we have in episode 67 of Will's Fifth Quarter Special. Tune in next time as the Chicago Cubs are going to be making a lot of trades here in the next few days as well. We're going to be recapping what the Cubs do uh, during the trade deadline period and where their organization is headed moving forward. The Chicago Bulls doing real well in training camp and uh, the offseason right now. We're going to talk about them and uh, what's coming up moving forward for them as well. The Bears just started training camp. We're going to cover a lot of training camp coverage, whether it be our blog posts and uh, other areas where we talk all things here on Wilson Score Special. Tune in to future Illinois State University Redbird Athletic update episodes as we always do on the Redbird Sports Update. And the Chicago Sky are playing very, very well this season. We'll continue to cover their action this season as well as it continues to unfold. I want to thank our guest appearance, Isaac Missile, for joining me on this episode of Wilson Quarter Special here on episode 67. Did a real good job. Gave us insight. A lot of fans were hoping for. Gave some positives that don't have us pressing the panic button as much as we'd like to with, like I said, Rick Khan not getting done the offseason. But that's neither here nor there. We're not a GM. So, Isaac, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate your time, and we hope to have you on again soon. When the fourth quarter buzzer sounds, you turn to us for your fifth quarter sports talk. I'm your host, Will Faro, along with our guest appearance for today, Isaac Missile, saying so long from Will's fifth quarter special. To continue to hear your fifth quarter sports talk, you can check out all of Will's fifth quarter specials on our new website at willsfifthquarterspecial.com. Get on in, join the sports conversation, share any opinions or thoughts on all things sports. Head to the Twitter page at William D. Farlow and share it with us with the hashtag Will's fifth quarter special. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter. The fifth quarter never stops here at Will's fifth quarter special.